So this young man questions Jesus about what should be done to inherit eternal life. And Jesus' answer doesn't seem so difficult. What should be done doesn't seem so difficult. It is pretty much what any good person should try to do. So he quotes the commandments. You shall not kill. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. I remember once I was speaking with the Archbishop of Montevideo in Uruguay, Cardinal Sturla, and he used to be um, a former formator in the seminary. And he told me that when they receive new men every year, first they tried to form what, they, what he called buen tipo, and in Spanish means good guys, trying to form good guys first. And then after that, and upon that foundation, you know, to form the future priest. But if they're not good guys, you, you cannot form a priest, right? That's, that, that's what the matter with which you work. And he defined good guy, being a good guy, in three points. He said, someone who does not lie to you or does not cheat you. Someone who is honest with his work, who says the truth and works hard. And someone who is willing to give you a hand when you need. So it's not so difficult to be a good guy like that, if you define it in those terms, or to keep these commandments. They are pretty much aligned with what any health, healthy conscience, I guess, and for centuries were universally recognized, would say that it's good, that we should try to do, and that it's not so far from our daily lives, and, pretty, and we pretty much are able to, to keep them in our life. So this man says, sure, I've done this from my youth. That's easy. What else can I do? So this, let, let us take this first conclusion then, that it shouldn't be so difficult to inherit eternal life. It is true that in a second look, it's not so easy when we are, uh, you know, when we're honest with our heart, we also recognize that we are inclined to pride and selfishness and lust and greed and violence and all that. Uh, so it's not so far from us to actually violate these commandments. And the temptation is always growing, uh, you know, surrounding us. But yet, with the grace of God, with the light of faith, we, we can do this with the help of God. It's not so easy, so difficult, I mean. But then Jesus in the gospel, he says, children, once this young man turned turn away his, his offer, he says, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for one who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. How hard it is. So is it easy or is it difficult? If you notice, he uses two different expressions. The first one is to inherit eternal life, and the second one is to enter into the kingdom of God. And I think that with the first expression, he's referring mostly to what happens after we die. To inherit is to receive an, as an inheritance. 
and we are baptized. We have the light of faith. We have the grace of God. And it's not so difficult to receive that inheritance, to be allowed by his mercy into the kingdom of God. It's not so difficult to live according to these commandments. But then it is much more difficult to enter into the kingdom of God in this life. Now, to enter into the kingdom of God means to enter into a whole different situation. It's like a different level of existence that we are invited to enter into by his grace now as we become his disciples. It's a whole other level that we are invited to. And this is what this man refused. He wasn't open to that next level. To enter the kingdom of God means to live radically as children of the Father in Jesus Christ. To live radically as children of the Father with that type of confidence, with that type of joy. Someone who knows, who lives as children of the Father. It means to live in constant union with Jesus, in his friendship, attentive to his words, filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the love of God. It means to have the heart of Jesus in our own place, in our own vocations, to live connected to his heart like the vine and the branches so that we can bear fruit grafted in him. It means to love what he loves and to enjoy what he enjoys and to reject what he rejects and to rejoice with him and to bleed with him as well. It means to have the hands of a servant. It means to want to make a difference, to care about the ones who are suffering, to want to do something about it. It means to live in such a way that we are responding to God. Every day, we're opening our eyes in the morning and we know that we have a day to serve him. And it means to live in such a way that the first thing that we utter from our lips is Serviam, I will serve you today. My life is yours and I want to give it to you today. It means to live as a full human being. Because the fathers used to say that the glory of God is a full human being. The more we enter into the kingdom of God, paradoxically, the more normal we become, the more humanly integrated, less fearful, more peaceful about who we are, our intelligence, our will, our emotions, and even our body working together better. Not perfectly, that's heaven, but better every day more integrated, more mature, more at peace, more joyful, more loving, more centered around Jesus Christ and around others and not around ourselves. So do you want to enter into the kingdom of God? Think about it. Because the only door is Jesus Christ. He says, I am the gate. The only gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. Do you want to enter and to live under his guidance, to swim in the current of his providence? That's another beauty of 
entering to the kingdom of God. You begin to notice the providence of God acting in your life because you're swimming in that direction. So everything begins to somehow unfold for that purpose and you begin to notice it. You want to follow the Lord in that way. I'm sure you're saying now, sure, but what is the cost? What is the cost? The cost is all. It's completely everything. Just like he said to this young man, go sell everything that you have, give it to the poor, and then come and follow me. To surrender completely to God. You enter, and excuse me, expression maybe in English is, but you enter into the kingdom of God naked, without anything, just like with yourself, so to say. You give up control. For some people, it might mean literally to sell everything and to enter into the kingdom of God. I remember one young man that joined our society. Uh, I don't know if I share with you this story, but he went to Catholic charities before joining us, and he gave up away everything that he had, literally. And then he picked some clothes from there just to, to, you know, to wear something. And he came with that clothes, and that's all he had. He looked very ridiculous because, you know, that clothes were not his size. And then we said, where's your bag? Where are the things that you need to bring? Well, I just read the gospel, and I figured that this was going to be a good way. So we couldn't rebuke him, really. For some, it might mean not to do this literally, but to surrender it to the Lord. To say, Lord, everything that I have is yours. So let me know how do you want me to serve you and to serve others. Be clear with me, guide me, and I will follow you. Let's take a look at this gospel a little bit closer. This man, this particular young man, he could have been one of the 12 had he dared. He could have shared with Jesus all those moments at the campfire, at the shore, on the way, at the cross, on the morning of Easter. He could have seen all the miracles, taking part of the Last Supper, but he was afraid. He didn't dare. He didn't trust. Oh, what a fool he was. He clung to his possessions. And then he lost it. I think it's interesting that we have this gospel today. Last Sunday, we heard about, about matrimony and you know, Jesus inviting us to be his disciples through family life. And today, he's inviting someone to be one of his close apostles. And note that he's looking with love at him. Scholars say that it's the only time that you will read in the gospel that he's looking with love at someone in particular, that he's noticed. I guess that glimpse, that the way he looked at him, must have been pretty intense that the, that the others noticed that and wrote about it so many years after that. So beautiful. He invited him, and, and, but the man didn't dare. That happened then, but it happens today. The Lord keeps calling people to, you know, to priestly life, to consecrated life, to leave everything behind and follow him. Today at AU, the vocations director, Father Mark Ivan, he was visiting us, and he told me that at this diocese, they have more than 80 seminarians, 
which I think is amazing, for only for this diocese. And he said, well, we have now you know, large classes of future priests coming up, and they're very good men, so very hopeful. We hear so many bad things, sad news, I'm sure you heard this week, discouraging news. But then we have all these good men that are willing to you know, work for the bride and defend her. And then many others are called to married life, even in the midst of this culture that distrusts so much the sheer capacity to commit. Benedict XVI said once, I will quote, if we let Christ into our lives, we lose nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing of what makes life free, beautiful and great. No, only in this friendship are the doors of life open wide. Only in this friendship is the great potential of human existence truly revealed. Only in this friendship do we experience beauty and liberation. Do not be afraid of Christ. He takes nothing away and he gives you everything. When we give ourselves to him, we receive a hundredfold in return. Yes, open, open wide the doors to Christ and you will find true life. Should I read that again? No, it's a little long, but I should, I, I feel. Jesus promises a hundredfold and it's so true, it's so true. He's such a good keeper of his word. He keeps his word. I can testify, you know, when we were able to buy this beautiful house in Northwest DC, I was thinking to myself, how, how did we do that? When in my life would I be able to buy a house in Northwest DC? Never. It's sheer grace of God and generosity of people who support us in our mission at AU and, and, and with, you know, forming these young men. This weekend I was able to minister and confess and preach to 39 young Hispanic men, a middle age as well. And, you know, it was an amazing weekend, full of joy, seeing them, you know, taking steps towards Jesus Christ. And each one of them, you know, they, they all have their own families and being able to be a part of that was such a, an honor. When, when, when would I, it wasn't in my thoughts. And I, I'm so grateful for, for having so many children, I would say. And I think everyone who has surrendered to the Lord can testify pretty much the same in their own way. He's, such, he's so good. We have such a good Lord and teacher. Of course, we don't follow him because he's a good rewarder. We follow him because we believe in him and because we love him and because he loves us. But yet, it's good to know that he knows how to treat his disciples. It's good to know that. In this life and in the next. Just in case, he says, I'm in, amidst the persecutions. Then we have the next. The next life will be amazing. All the saints tells us about that. That, that is so amazing. The Bible tells us about that. The eye hasn't seen, the ear hasn't heard, nor anyone has imagined what God has prepared. And Jesus himself uses very simple images that are powerful. He said, I will sit you at my table and I will wait on you. And I will say to you, good, well, well done, good and faithful servant. Isn't that amazing? 
Okay, I want to finish with a prayer that St. Ignatius of Loyola um, composed that is about giving it all to the Lord. And I'm sure you have heard this prayer. It's very popular. And I encourage you to pray it often. Pray with me, if you will. Listen and say amen in your heart. Take, O Lord, and receive my entire liberty, my memory, my understanding, and my whole will. All that I am and all that I possess, you have given me. I surrender it all to you to be disposed of according to your will. Give me only your love and your grace. With these, I will be rich enough and will desire nothing more.